Does BYU have their next star running back currently on the sidelines? We're digging into that, and we're also answering more of your questions on a Friday edition of the show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, coming to you a little bit later on a Friday, but my wife is out of town, so I'm playing the role of Mr. Mom. And uh, when you make the best plans you possibly can make when you're essentially a single parent, those get screwed up. So apologies for this coming out a little bit later, but nonetheless, thank you for joining us on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, diving right in on today's show. We've been going by position group, position group, Position group by position group, looking at each one of them coming out of spring ball and kind of comparing them to where I thought they were going into spring. And if I'm up on them, speaking of stock up, stock down, or if I'm neutral. We've already talked about BYU's quarterbacks. I talked about those on the Wednesday show for you every day. Also yesterday, we talked about BYU's linebacking core. We're going to flip back over to the offense today and talk a little bit about BYU's running back position. Now, the running backs of BYU, similar to the linebackers, a bit of an incomplete in terms of the overall what I saw slash observed and heard during spring ball simply due to the fact that they don't have two of the guys we figure are going to be part of the mix uh, participating in spring. One of them was Aiden Robbins who was in school. He was sitting out uh, in spring. According to the coaches in the back half of spring ball he probably could have participated. He had offseason surgery on his thumb but they said we're being very cautious with him. He was in all the team meetings. He understands the scheme. He actually went through some non-contact type drill work uh, during the latter part of spring drills. But Aiden Robbins, to me, is going to be BYU's number one back if everything goes according to plan this fall. He obviously is going to have to get out there during training camp when August hits and obviously show his, show the, show his ability right away. But the one thing I like about a guy like Aiden Robbins, he's already got proven production at the FBS level. He spent a couple of years at Louisville seeing scant action. Did not just He just did not seemingly fit in. We've had him on this podcast. If you want to go scroll back through the feed a few months, we had him on when he officially announced he was going to come to BYU and he talked about the fact that the scheme at Louisville just did not work for him. He had a connection to one of his assistant coaches at Louisville who ended up at UNLV last year. He transferred there, was the Rebels' leading rusher last year. And when you put up a thousand yards season. I don't care what, if it's G5, Power 5, that's an elite season in my mind in college football. And that's exactly what he did. He was a man amongst boys in many circumstances. A program that BYU is very familiar with, Utah State. He absolutely ran all over them. was very, very good. Justin Enna has talked about the fact that when they faced off against him when he was at San Diego State last year, it was just very difficult to defend against. And that's what BYU is hoping for as they get him on the field this fall. Is it going to be him and everybody else? No. It's going to be more of a, I think, by committee approach approach, but he will get the lion's share of the carries if he proves worthy of that. I think the other guys in the mix here include a four-star prospect, uh, signing, I should say, LJ Martin coming in from El Paso, a guy that BYU is very, very happy to get uh, in terms of a flip uh, commitment-wise from Stanford. He will arrive this summer, and obviously he'll be participating in uh, fall camp as well, and the hope is that he can get up to speed pretty quickly and potentially be an option for BYU as a true freshman this fall. Obviously, he's going to have to adapt and understand of 
the scheme much quicker than everybody else uh, in BYU's running back stable because he just has, has not been on the field working with BYU, even to the level that Aiden Robbins has been. But he will be part of this mix. But the guy that's currently on the roster I think is going to have the biggest opportunity to really impress folks is Hinkley Ropati. We saw him last year. We had him on this podcast just a couple of weeks ago. He burst onto the scene, really has gotten himself to 100% health, uh, dealt with an ACL just a week after he arrived at BYU, coming in from the junior college ranks. He also mentioned he's, he's dealt with some lingering other issues. But the back half of last season, Hinkley Ropati really came on strong. 5'10", 215 pounds, just a absolutely rock-solid running back, and that's what I love about Hinkley. Has he got the capability of being the feature back for BYU? I have my question marks about that, but he is a fantastic, Robin or the 1B to the 1A or the, you know, you're saying the Robin to the Batman he could be Aiden Robin, the perfect compliment to a guy like Aiden Robbins. Aiden Robbins is a huge, huge dude 6'3", 230 pounds and every bit of that, I'll say that just watching him, he is a big human being. You thought Christopher Brooks last year was a big running back for BYU and he was Aiden Robbins is bigger than him guy like uh, Hinkley Ropati is a nice compliment, he's still got all, plenty of the bulk, 215 pounds, nothing to sniff at any of you who watched him on this podcast saw how jacked he is just as a human being, and they figured to probably be, I think, BYU's one-two option, probably with L.J. Martin factoring in as that number three back. Other guys are going to factor in, though, are very interesting options. I think Miles Davis, I think some of the fascination over him being becoming BYU's future uh, star at running back, I think that fancy has passed. It's nothing against Miles. It's just he has had other guys who have come in and established themselves in the pecking order. Is there a chance he could still move up? Obviously. The injuries can play a role in any of this, but Miles Davis, I think the the fascination with him being the next gliding type uh, runner for BYU at running back, just it's not there. And there, there's a learning curve to playing running back. And he never played it growing up. And there's still time on his side. He's still only a sophomore on BYU's roster. Still got time to develop. But he is a guy that I think will be probably back in the pack a little bit, trying to work his way up. Also, Soljay Maiava-Peters made the transfer to running back from quarterback after winning that bowl game for BYU at the New Mexico Bowl. He is an intriguing option. Is he a true running back? No. He's similar to Miles Davis. He's never played the position. He was a quarterback all growing up. But he's got skills that BYU you can utilize. I could see him playing more of a role like a Think about what, uh, um, who am I thinking of? Uh, uh, Lopini Katoa was early on in his career. More of that outside-the-box uh, type runner and also able to play some slot, receiver out of the backfield type stuff. That's what Soljay Maiava-Peters, to me, screams in terms of his skill set would be to be most utilized at BYU. I don't expect him to be a guy who's like Aiden Robbins who's crashing up the middle for three and four yards and taking that pounding. He just does not strike me as that guy. Uh, Soljay did suffer a knee injury midway through uh, spring ball and set out the rest of it, but the hope is that he'll be back to full strength very, very quickly. But then there are two other guys I want to mention because I think both of them offer all kinds of versatility should they get up to speed quickly. The first one is Nukulove Halu, obviously a guy who coming in from Tooele High School, served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, spent most of spring ball working with the threes as he gets his uh, the mission rust off of his legs. He has shown in bursts and like kind of glimpses during spring ball the ability that why BYU was so high on him coming out of high school. If he's able to realize that true capability and able to go out there and prove himself, 
There's no reason to think that he can't be one of BYU's feature backs down the road. He is still only a true freshman. He's got so much time on his side. Don't fret the fact that he was running with the threes during spring ball. I would expect during fall camp he's going to make a move up the depth chart if he gets his uh, body in shape and he's he's proven that he can be capable and just reliable at running back for BYU. The other name is Enoch Nawahine. Now the transfer from Utah State has come in, has really uh, bided his time. He's been on the scout team most of last year. But during spring ball, similar to Nukuluve Halu, he was working with the twos and the threes. But what I loved about Enoch Nawahine is he's not a flashy running back. He's not a guy who's going to juke a dude out of his shoes. He's not. That's not his skill. His skill is putting his shoulder down and getting downhill and getting tough yardage. And that's what he proved time and time again during spring camp for BYU. Does that translate to much playing time this fall? It's anybody's guess, but he's got a he's got his uh, work cut out for him to move up the depth chart. But I, I what I saw of him, I really like because he understands what he's about. He's a guy who understands the okay, Yeah, I'm not the feature guy who's got the ability to dance all over the place. I've just got to uh, make one cut, get upfield, and get the yardage that I can get. And there is something to be said about that because BYU runs this wide zone running scheme, and the running backs have to understand they have got to read where the offensive line is going, the, find a hole, and just hit it. There's no dancing in the backfield. If you dance in the backfield in this offense, it's death. And that's exactly what BYU needs to avoid. And I think that Aiden Robbins ran a similar type scheme at UNLV last year. He should adapt to it quite well. We all know that Hinkley Ropati fits in just fine, especially in the screen game. That's one thing that Hinkley has obviously offered uh, during his time at BYU is in the screen game, he's absolutely deadly. He's got great hands, can sneak out of the backfield, and then he's able to set up blocks as a running back. Uh, we talked with him on this podcast. He was a slot receiver growing up in high school before making the move to running back. So he has got all the capabilities. So uh, if, if you want my thoughts on where my I think on BYU's running back, I'm actually stock is up just slightly for me for BYU. Now, that's that's adding in. I have not seen Aiden Robbins really participate in terms of overall uh, drills for BYU, running with the first-team offense and the like. We need, do need to see that. But I liked what I saw from Hinkley Ropati. He showed good things. Uh, I was uh, intrigued by Enoch Nawahine and Nukuluva Halu. I really liked what I saw from them. Miles Davis, it, just, it, it seems like he was stuck in neutral for me all spring. And that's nothing against this young man. Uh, spring ball can be an interesting time because as a media core, let me be very honest, we don't see all of practice. And in talking with people around the program, our so-called practice insiders that I, I mentioned from time to time here on the podcast. He was just one guy they never really mentioned in, in terms of standing out. So that's nothing against him. Just wasn't a spring that he was absolutely stellar in. And that's not a bad thing. He still got an opportunity to show what he can do this fall. But I'll just say my stock for BYU's running back is up ever so slightly. I almost went neutral, but I'm going to give him a stock up because I do think that they have plenty of options here on the roster. And the nice part is if BYU has to, they have got enough bodies to go by here on running back. They don't need to have Aiden Robbins take 80% of the carries like a Tyler Algier a few years ago. I'm sure Aiden would love to be that type of a guy, but if he's a guy that BYU feels like they need to give maybe uh, 60% of the load and then spread the other 40% out, BYU's got the bodies that can handle that, and I think that would actually be advantageous to BYU's chances in year one in the Big 12, but only time will tell. That'll be the interesting part to see where ultimately all of this shakes out. All right, coming up here in just a minute, uh, we'll flip over. I had a bevy of questions come in on the mailbag 
mailbag this week. Got to as many of them as I could yesterday. We're going to uh, go through as many as we can today as well. Should be able to finish them all up. We'll get to those here momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, there's something really exciting coming tomorrow, my friends. It's coming to Built.com. I don't have all the details. I've received a couple of emails from our friends at Built saying, hey, Jake, you want to check this out? Get to Built.com on, on tomorrow, uh, April 22nd. But the excitement is real, and it's something you will not want to miss out on. If you know how Built works, they have the most amazing protein bars in the world, and they do amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. And that's what this looks like it's going to be, my friends. So mark your calendars and head to Built.com tomorrow, Saturday, April 22nd, and be one of the first to discover what the, all the hype is about. I can't wait to see personally what it's going to be, my friends. I have, I have loved Built Bar since the day they started advertising with us. I'm a big fan. I've actually got one a rapper sitting right here next to me on my uh, desk. But nonetheless, uh, you get over to Built.com tomorrow, find out what that new flavor is, and while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. That, it's really, really fun time, my friends. So looking forward to that tomorrow. Built reveals their newest flavor. Get to Built.com, and once again, use that promo code LOCKEDON15 and get enjoying the best-tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special is here, and it's bigger than ever, my friends. Follow all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only that Locked On, uh, the network, can deliver. All episodes are available now on the Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. I would absolutely uh, check it out. I had a little bit of a, a part in it. I had a, a, a piece I needed to do on Blake Freeland. I'm interested to see which team in this Mock Draft special ultimately picks up BYU star left tackle, but you'll have to tune in and find out more about that. Uh, check it out. It's on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's dive right into the mailbag and get to your guys' questions. Uh, first things first, uh, Jer- Jeremy Crawl says, Hey, Jake, I've been listening to the show since mid-October. It's part of my morning delivery run at work every day, and I love the podcast. Well, first off, thank you, Jeremy. He says, My question for this Thursday, or in this case, it's Friday. Uh, he says, With the new NIL deals in the Royal Blue Collective, is there a possibility that player merchandise, specifically jersey Jerseys with player names and numbers will be available. Uh, to answer your question, Jeremy, I believe that actually already exists. Uh, honestly, I think that they have uh, signed or will be signing because uh, it's more about BYU having a licensing deal with each player individually that allows them to go out there and have their jerseys made. And I think that BYU either has already uh, begun the work on that or they will uh, be getting that done here relatively quickly. I don't think the Royal Blue Collective has much of a say in those matters. I could be wrong about that. And if any of you uh, have more intel on that, I'd love to welcome it your feedback to fill me in on the details there. But I do believe that BYU is opening the avenue for licensing, allowing the markings, obviously BYU, their stretch Y and the BYU, that type of stuff is trademarked. I believe they have signed a licensing to allow players to have that stuff made for them. And I would assume it will either be available very soon if it's not already available to you out there. So hopefully that answers your question, Jeremy. Next one. Henry Moss says, last Thursday you said BYU was one of the first out for the NCAA tournament. And I was wondering what that meant. Thank you. Now, Henry, what that is, is uh, Joe Lunardi is a bracketologist, as he calls himself, and he projects what the NCAA tournament is going to look like for each uh, each season. And he does it all year long. And I don't know how he projects this stuff 10 months out, but nonetheless, uh, he actually put out his latest bracketology, had BYU as one of the next four outs, meaning they are uh, part of the group. There's about eight teams he always lists that are the eight teams that just missed the cut in terms of making the NCAA tournament. 
There are seven members of the Big 12 he has projected to make the NCAA tournament next season currently, and BYU is in the group just outside of that. So hopefully that makes sense. They're essentially on the outside looking in, but ever so close. If a few things fall their way, he thinks BYU could find themselves in the in the NCAA tournament. And as I said, that would absolutely floor me because I think that it would be stunning to see BYU make the NCAA tournament year one in the Big 12, but apparently Joe Lunardi is higher on the Cougars than your beloved host over here, Jake catches and we'll see what happens I I would defer to a guy like Joe Lunardi he must know something that I don't know if he's projecting that or he thinks that BYU still in the West Coast Conference I don't know which way it's going so we'll see what happens on that front all right on to our next one Scott Williams aka Hawaiian Spud and Scott reached out to me just a while back and says hey Jake I listen daily uh, to Locked On Cougars from here in Germany now uh, Scott as some of you might know I am a uh, I'm the grandson of a German native my grandmother emigrated to the United States as a teenager. Uh, she instilled in me a love for Germany. I've never been to Germany. Uh, I would love to go there one day, but she, it's just really cool to hear that Scott's listening over there in, as my grandma calls it, the motherland. Uh, it says, great job and a great way to help me feel connected to BYU all the way over here. Question I've got for you. Have you heard any news or rumors on who BYU men's basketball is looking at to hire for the open position of recruiting coordinator? Now, that's a great question, Scott, because they have officially allowed essentially a recruiting coordinator to be hired under the new NCAA rules as I understand it, but I have not heard many names. I know that Jonathan Tavernari has pubbed a bunch of his teammates that he thinks would be absolutely fantastic at it. He mentioned one in particular, Lamont Morgan Jr., uh, former point guard for BYU, who is working, I believe, in the AAU space and understands a lot of the, the just ins and outs of the recruiting sphere, doing that AAU stuff. If Lamont is interested in the job, he knows what BYU is all about. He is a guy who is not a member of the LDS faith, can bring that component and help uh, players understand that you don't you, you, how, to, how to fit in at BYU, if that makes sense, as a non-LDS athlete. I think Lamont Morgan Jr. would be a fantastic hire if he's interested in it, but I have not heard many names beyond just kind of the chatter on social media. I'll dig into that, Scott, and see what I can find out. But most of all, thank you for tuning in over there in Germany. Next one, Sam Emery 89 on on Twitter says, hey, Jake, question for you that maybe you could address. Says, Kalani says that he's willing to help anybody who transfers out of BYU, even providing film for them to use from spring ball. Obviously, that helps the transfer, but is that a benefit when it comes to recruiting high school kids? I would think that you wouldn't want to mention the possibility of needing to transfer, but it's also like a safety blanket if things don't work out. Your thoughts? Well, here's the thing. In this day and age, every high school kid coming into BYU or whatever college program they're going into knows what the transfer portal is, folks. It's, it's just part of everyday life now. They know that that exit route is available to them at any point should they want to. It's an eject button, eject seat, whatever you want to call it. They can hit that and they're, they're out the door as quick as they want. BYU understands that they want to continue to be able to recruit guys in the transfer portal and having a good reputation as a transfer portal uh, destination is something they absolutely aspire to be. So they are obviously going to open the avenue and let guys have an opportunity uh, and give them the opportunity. I've already seen it from George Udo, who is transferring. He's got a number of offers. I saw Southern Utah, you know, Utah Tech and Northern Colorado have offered him. He got an offer from Old Dominion. He's been putting out film from spring ball for himself, and that's an av advantageous thing for him to be able to show his skill set to coaches. They can go on and see his film, and that's going to give him an opportunity to participate at the next level. Kalani's been very eager to help guys find the right spot for their situation, whether that is 
more playing time. They need to drop down a level. He will make phone calls in their behalf. It's because he he understands what the dream is, and it's to play college football, not to stand on the sidelines and hold a clipboard and look pretty in a uniform. You actually want to play. And if a guy feels like that's not going to be available to him at BYU, a guy like Kalani Satake or any one of his other assistants, they're going to go to bat for their guys and try and find them the right situation, even if it's not in Provo. So hopefully that addresses your question. Uh, next one, Jordan Kennard. Based on the transfer portal right now, what wide receivers that BYU needs to target to get on the team for next year? Also, I've heard that there are rumors of players from the University of Utah looking to transfer to BYU. Have you heard anything like that from your sources? Now, on the University of Utah, the last question first. I've seen the chatter. I've seen the rumors out there on social media. I've had people reach out to me and say that stuff like that's going to happen. Paul Miley is the only one that's really come to fruition. If any other Utah player wants to transfer to BYU, I'm sure BYU why you'd be interested in talking to those players, but until that ultimately is like out there, I'm not going to speculate because I just don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I have not heard from my quote-unquote tried-and-true sources on that front. Uh, Your first question, what wide receivers at BYU need to target to get on the team for next year? I think that essentially any wide receiver that hits the transfer portal who has any type of production at the FBS level, BYU is going to be interested in. They may not be stars. They may not be burners. They may may not be the best players out there, but BYU knows they need to bolster the depth of their their wide receiver room. So they can find guys who are capable of contributing and they've contributed already at the FBS level. You should expect that they BYU either will be contacting them or has already contacted them. We already know about the kid from Eastern Michigan. His name is skipping my mind right now. I've heard that BYU is interested in guys like Isaiah Crocker, who has entered the transfer portal from Oregon. Uh, So those are the type of guys. If they have proven production at the FBS level, I know that they don't have necessarily huge stats probably, but if they have been contributors at a high level in BYU's mind, they have interest in them. That should probably suffice it to answer there. Um, Tim Carpenter says, hey Jake, I definitely don't chime in very often, probably because I'm always in my car traveling, but I am absolutely a lone star BYU every dayer for the Locked On Cougars podcast. Well, thank you for tuning in from Texas. Tim says, thank you for your insights. I just was there was a second podcast for my evening commute. Thanks again. Tim Carpenter, BYU class of 94. Now, Tim, I, you are not the first person to mention you would like to see a second podcast. My problem is I only have so many hours in the day. I've got a radio job that I do on a daily basis with the KSL Sports Zone in the mornings. Keeps me very busy. That takes up a, a lot of my day. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I would love nothing more than to do two podcasts a day because actually I think it would be more advantageous in some ways to be able to react to stuff overnight and then also at the end of the day have another podcast out there. If I can find some way to do that in the future, I'd be open to doing it. Let me be very clear about that. But just right now, circumstances be what they are. I just do not have enough hours in the day to pull that off. But thank you for tuning in all the same uh, from the state of Texas. So I think I got through all the questions. If I did not, I apologize. Send it to me again. I'll be sure to address it as soon as possible on the podcast. But uh, you guys are phenomenal. I cannot thank you guys enough for being part of this community here on Locked On Cougars. We have grown to thousands upon thousands of you, both on the YouTube and the regular podcast feed side of things. It's surpassed every expectation I had when I started doing this four and a half years ago, and I have no plans on stopping anytime soon. And according to Tim, he'd like to see more of it, and we'll see what we can do to, to bolster a little bit more coverage in coming days and weeks, but uh, I'm already kind of stretched thin as it is, and we'll see what we can do to kind of lighten that up along the way. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out today's show with a look at what happened on Thursday in other BYU sports, look ahead to the weekend for other BYU teams, and also uh, we continue on with our look back at all 155 games for BYU in their 2015 season. We round out the regular season for the Cougars uh, with a look at a game against Utah State. We'll get to all of that as we continue on right here 
on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Cannot thank you guys enough for being an everydayer. Uh, make sure you join us every single day. Stay up to date on everything going on with BYU. The nice part about this, uh, the format of this podcast, we try to make it digestible. Keep it between 20 and 30 minutes. You can finish it pretty quickly, get caught up. Uh, if you want to kind of like have the time you, you need to listen to it, just a little bit tidbit. I listen to most podcasts that I listen to on two times speed. I don't get to, you have to adjust to hearing voices speak that quickly, but it's a way to kind of consume stuff in a faster format. If it's if something you feel like you need to uh, get a better way of listening to the podcast, just get adjusted to two times speed. And actually, you, once you get adjusted to it, it's actually not that bad, and you can you can keep with it pretty easily. All right. On to the other news out there in BYU sports real quick. Uh, First things first, congratulations to BYU baseball. Cole Gamble went yard twice for BYU, taking game one of the three-game series against UNC Greensboro, 14-8. He had a a tightest career high with six RBIs with those two home runs at Miller Park. This is actually the first time I saw this from Greg Rubel on Twitter. UNC Greenboro and BYU have never played any uh, matchup in any sport until they played a uh, face-off against baseball yesterday. Uh, second game in the series is tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, Mason Olsen got the win for BYU yesterday on the mound. Uh, but BYU will be looking to make it two in a row. Uh, and Cole Gamble, if his hot streak continues, I would expect that he'll be able to uh, lead BYU uh, to some more wins. Now, tough news for BYU men's volleyball. That number a three seed Stanford on their home court at Maples Pavilion uh, beat BYU in five sets out there last night in the semifinals of the MPSF tournament. Uh, unfortunate for BYU as the number two seed to lose that one in five sets, but BYU now will have to wait to see if they make the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid. Uh, the projections of that aren't very kind for BYU, but if this is the end of their season. What a bounce-back year it was for BYU. Inside the top 10 national ranking-wise, once again, in men's volleyball, yet again among the nation's elite, playing in probably the best top-to-bottom conference in men's volleyball, finishing as the number two seed. It's a fantastic run BYU's had this season. I'd like to see it continue on into the postseason, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the Cardinal will be taking on number one seed UCLA in the championship tomorrow, if that interests you at all on the men's volleyball side of things. All right, and now uh, other news going on. BYU Women's uh, Golf is in the West Coast Conference Championships. They opened up a huge lead after the first round yesterday, leading by seven strokes. They are already back in action at the Gold Mountain Golf Club uh, today in second round action. That will continue on until, I believe, it goes through Saturday. Yeah, it goes through Saturday. So if you want to tune into that, just go uh, on BYUcougars.com. You can find the information there. The men's and women's track and field team are hosting the Robison Invitational. It's been happening since yesterday down there at the Clarence F. Robison Track and Field Complex in Provo. That will continue through Saturday as well with a bevy of events and a number of teams in town. As I mentioned, uh, BYU baseball in action against UNC Greensboro. Uh, that will be at 6 o'clock first pitch on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Also, uh, BYU softball, if, we, if I can find this here. Yeah, they're going to be taking on Utah State. Actually, no, they're off this weekend. I apologize. Uh, you So BYU softball is off this weekend. A little bit of a buy for them. Uh, they'll be back in action early next week as they take on both Utah State and Utah Tech in midweek action uh, for the BYU softball program. So there you go. You're up to date on all of that with regards to where BYU is in action. A little bit of tidbit on the transfer portal for BYU basketball. I have it on very good authority that Dawson Baker, the transfer from UC Irvine, is on BYU campus this weekend. He was there yesterday. I know that for a fact because I was sent a picture by a certain somebody out 
out there uh, who saw him wandering around campus with BYU's coaches and players, but he is on uh, campus, the return missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, an all-Big West performer. Uh, him taking a visit to BYU is not surprising because he said his visits were going to be uh, Utah State, Utah, BYU, and Boise State in terms of finding his next uh, landing spot in the transfer portal, but good to hear that he's officially on campus at BYU, and uh, we'll have to wait and see if BYU ultimately wins out in the Dawson Baker sweepstakes. To me, I, just my personal feeling, is that I don't think that Dawson Baker is necessarily the top of the wish list for BYU, but he's absolutely a guy that BYU would be interested in adding to their roster. Uh, we'll see what happens, but he is uh, visiting BYU this weekend. Alright, final note before we go on today's show, as we finish out the 2015 season and our look back at all 155 games of BYU's independent era, the Cougars are typically on Thanksgiving weekend and traditionally during their Mountain West era had, and WAC era had played Utah. Well, they replaced it in this circumstance without playing Utah in the 2015 season with a matchup against Utah State. Now, BYU went up to Logan. Uh, Tanner Mangum had a phenomenal performance despite not having a great completion percentage. 16 of 30, 284 yards, but more importantly, four touchdowns as he led BYU to a 51-28 win over Utah State, completing the regular season, speaking to the Cougars at 9-3. and three. Uh, Especially considering how this season started with the uh, injury to Taysom Hill, uh, it was a bit of a, a stunner that BYU finished as well as they did in 2015. But we... We all know that Tanner Mangum came in and was just absolutely very, very good. He went over 3,000 yards as a BYU freshman, uh, passing that. Mitch Matthews had 158 yards receiving and two touchdowns, including a 72-yarder for his longest career reception in this win over Utah State. But it got BYU the win was the biggest thing, is to w- beat Utah State up there in Logan. The Aggies sunk to 6-6. Six and six. Chucky Keaton uh, had a 61st career touchdown pass uh, for uh, Utah State and also scored on an option keeper. If you remember that play, it was a really, really big one early on in that matchup, but just wasn't enough for Utah State as BYU rolled to a big victory over the Aggies uh, and it would set up a crazy couple of weeks and we'll talk about this on Monday I'm actually going to do a full I think a full segment on this because uh, in the aftermath of this game and BYU getting ready for bowl season we found out they were going to play their arch rival in Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl and also we found out that BYU is going to be looking for a new coach during that interim period uh, we'll talk about all of that because crazy Crazy times for BYU in this game as they as things played out the way that they did on that circumstance. But we'll talk about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I need to spend more time talking about it because it's, just, it's one of those things you look at and say, wow, what could have been for BYU had the Bronco Mendenhall era not ended when it did? But nonetheless, crazy crazy times. But a big win for BYU over Utah State to complete their regular season nine and three. And we'll talk about the craziness of the next three or so weeks after that game for BYU on our Monday edition of the show. So be an everyday or thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, Join us back here on Monday. Any crazy news that happens over the weekend, I'll sit down and do a quick short on YouTube for you guys, so stay uh, tuned for that. If you've not done so already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that button right down here where I'm pointing. Uh, Subscribe you you to the show. Also hit the bell notification button, so that way when a new episode drops, you'll be able to see it immediately as soon as it goes live. But nonetheless, a big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast. As always, hope you all are doing well. Have a great Great weekend. We'll reconvene on Monday. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.